Today is Mother's Day, and so we uh, come to celebrate. And you know, some of the famous sayings, a hand that uh, rocks the cradle rules the world. Is that not right? And uh, ladies are to be recognized, they are to be honored. And uh, one of my favorite Mother's Day quotes of all time, one mother was asked if you could do it all over again, and uh, would you have children? And she said, of course, but maybe not the same ones. But anyway, so... <laughs> Maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, but uh, as you can see, uh, as you know, the pain of childbirth is twofold as well. The pain of bringing the child in the world, then also the pain uh, for bringing the child into the world. You know, a mother's job is never done. A mother's job is always one that is uh, to be uh, recognized because it is always, it just keeps going and going and going. And uh, obviously, May 10th, 1908, a lady named Anna Jarvis uh, gave a carnation to her mother, which was her favorite flower, uh, in a service to everyone in attendance. Then the ideal kind of caught on. And in May 9th, 1914, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day to honor our mothers. And we all honor our mothers, right? And that's what we do. We honor and praise them. And so when you think about it, though, even here in this great country as we celebrate the mothers and the ladies, uh, long before that, God had already honored and praised mothers and women. Uh, in Proverbs 31, 31, it says, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now that means in the public place. It means give the ladies credit that is due them. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to. Sometimes we have the opportunity to and we don't do it. But what a great day to set aside just to give credit where credit is due. The gates was the meeting town, the public place of the town or the community. And today as we gather together church publicly uh, to honor godly women, godly mothers, uh, godly grandmothers, and the wonderful works they have given for the kingdom of God, I think of some of the greatest impacts in my life has come from women impacting me spiritually, uh, especially in our families. The impact they have in families is, is huge. Um, in our church, in our nation, and just like in keeping lines with Proverbs 31, um, what a great way to honor godly women. And so if you have a Bible, I hope you turn with me to Proverbs 31. Maybe you turn it on. Maybe it's electronic like I got. Uh, you can turn it on or have a Bible, or there might be one in the seat in front of, uh, below in front of you. But as you turn there, I know some of the ladies are going, oh my goodness. He did not just tell us to turn to Proverbs 31, right? Uh, you've heard Proverbs 31. You've heard it preached before. You've heard it said before. And you're saying, what is wrong with that man? He's going to lecture us about being a virtuous woman again, right? Well, I, I hope you don't take it as a lecture. I hope this morning as I share some of these encouraging truths to you that it will build you up, that it will encourage you this morning, that it will uh, just uh, honor you this morning, and that it will honor your family and the Lord. That's my goal uh, this morning. So we know the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Um, one man told me that he reads a proverb every day. There's 31, uh, so he reads one every day of the, of the month. It's a great Great practice if you don't read something in the morning, especially from Scripture. If you read a proverb a day uh, for each, whatever the day is, read that proverb for the day. Um, Solomon, we know, was the main writer of Proverbs. But most people, uh, scholars like Pastor Josh, believe that uh, Solomon wrote uh, 
uh, Solomon's mother wrote Proverbs 31. Um, it's a beautiful proverb if you've ever read through it. It's a challenging proverb, um, but it's full of wisdom. It's full of truth. And honestly, I think in our world, our country today, we need truth. We need some wisdom. We need some godly counsel on the principles um, that's shared about mothers and women. And Proverbs, uh, this morning as I go through it, I can't give you the whole uh, thrust of it, but I hope to give you the cliff notes. You know what I mean? Is the cliff notes still a thing, teachers, by the way? I'll give you the TED notes this morning, right? This is the TED notes this morning. Uh, it, it's for you younger people, it, it was before Google. Uh, you had to actually read the cliff notes, which is at least partially part of the story or the book. Um, and so, uh, as you see here, most of the time I use like work from the beginning to the end, but this morning I want to work from the end and then work back to the beginning a little bit. So, Proverbs 30 30, that's the scripture we read. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now the Bible gets very specific here, especially when it comes to what kind of woman shall be praised. He says a woman in God's eyes who should be praised, here's the type of woman, a, a woman who fears the Lord, a, a woman who has a relationship with God, and, and no doubt, without question, all of Proverbs 31, this is the most important truth of them all. A, a godly woman or a woman who fears the Lord, that's the type of woman to strive for. That's the type of woman to be uh, praised. That's the type of woman that can impact families and homes and churches and a nation. And the phrase in the Old Testament is heard repeated over and over, as you say, the respect for the Lord or fears the Lord, if we put our New Testament lenses on. If I could read this in New Testament language, it would say, a woman who loves Jesus. A woman who loves Jesus, she shall be praised. Now we know in our culture, we celebrate all sorts of different things and all sorts of crazy things and all sorts of wild things. But when it comes to Scripture, very specifically, the writer says, a woman who is honorable before God, who is to be praised, who is functioning as God has designed her to be, is a woman who loves Jesus. A woman who loves Jesus. And I hope this morning, as you are here, that you want to be praised, not just by the people around you, not just by your family or your friends or your co-workers. I hope of one thing you take from here this morning is that you want to be who God has called you to be. You want to be someone that God praises, someone that God says is good, or someone that God says is a godly woman or wife or mother or grandmother. And as you read the scripture, you realize you must love Jesus. That's the most important trait or characteristic a woman can have as a mother or a grandmother or great-grandmother is that, they, that your children can see a real love for Jesus in your life. And not just that, but even a wife the most important thing for your husband to see in you is that a real love for Jesus Christ. And a grandma, the most important thing, how we need grandmas, is for your grandchildren to see a real love for Jesus in your life. In my life, I think about the women who's impacted me without question. They've all had one thing in common. They've loved Jesus Christ. I think about my grandmother. My grandmother, Mabel. Um, she was the kindest, gentlest, loving person you'd ever meet. She would let me paint her toenails, if you could believe that, right? More paint went on her feet than it did on her nails. 
But the reason why I love to do that, I was rewarded with circus peanuts and orange slices, all right? And uh, she, <laughs> I would get off the bus. I would run to her house as fast as I could just to check in on her. And she'd always say, well, what happens if, if I'm not doing well? What would you do? I said, well, I have to run all the way back home and tell them you're not doing good and run all the way back. And I was just because, but my grandmother, <clears throat> without question, she loved Jesus. That's one thing everyone knew about her, that she loved Jesus. I think about my wife, Erin. She loves Jesus. My mom, she loves Jesus. Every person or every woman who's impacted my life, mother, wife, grandmother, whoever it is, they've loved Jesus. That's the first important thing. And all these things in the community are great. All the things in the culture are great. All the things you do in the workplace are great. But the most important thing, as the writer of Proverbs says, is that you love Jesus. That, that your children know you love Jesus. They see a real relationship with God in your life. And why? Because he tells us charm is deceitful. Charm is what you see on the outside. Charm is what you can do when you come to church, right? Charm is when you could be mean to everyone all the way here and everything could be falling apart and you step out and you look and go, good morning. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. <laughs> Everything's wonderful, right? That is charm. It's deceitful. It's deceitful because you could put it on and you could take it off, right? And there's a lot of people who put charm out there. I think that's why social media is so wildly popular today. Because people can be who they are not in real life. They, they could put something out there to make people believe it's just charm. It's just something that's deceitful. And then also beauty is passing, meaning that everything that's on the outside is just surface or temporary. Beauty is passing away. Beauty is going to the side. And yet the Proverbs of this virtuous woman here, he says it looks much different than this. He's, she says, just like the writer of, of uh, the Song of Solomon says, everything under the sun that promises to bring fulfillment. It's all charm. It's all beauty that's passing. Everything you can try to fulfill in this life will leave you empty. It will leave you feeling like you need more. It's vanity of vanity. It, it's a vis, It's a vapor that appears for a moment that's gone. And, and when Solomon gets to the end of his conclusion, he says, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. And it's no accident you get to the end of Proverbs 31. And what does it say? For you, as a woman, to make sure all the things that charm has to offer and all the things beauty has to offer, above all that, make sure you love God. Make sure you love Jesus well. Make sure you leave something in eternity. Make sure you put something in your family's life that no goes beyond this world, beyond charm, beyond beauty. It's passing by. And if you search it for anything else and you put anything else in that place, it will always leave you empty. You will always feel like you could do more. You can always feel like there's something just quite missing. And the, and, the, and the trap is, is that we fall for the lies of this world. And maybe you're a mother and you might think, well, I don't quite add up to the world's standard. I got good news for you. You don't have to add up to the world's standards. You don't have to be what the world says you to be. You don't have to do this. And you are of great value and great, great purpose because of who you are in God. Not because of what you are in this world. And you can leave behind something more, much more impactful than charm or passing beauty. You can leave behind a legacy of someone who loved God, someone who loves Jesus. And you, as a mother, 
when you put Jesus first, you as a wife, when you put Jesus first, you as a grandmother, when you put Jesus first, you are proclaiming to your family, to the world, that you love Jesus. And that means more than anything else you can get in this world today. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Let's not fall for the trinkets of the world. Proverbs 31, as we go back and we look, as we say, it's those who love Jesus. But let's look at some of the characteristics that actually play out in your life. Verses 25, 26, and 27, we're going to take those three. And we're going to break them down. But I'll read them first. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat of the bread of idleness. Uh, Number one, as the first scripture, verse 25 says, uh, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. In other words, her clothing is not what she wears on the outside. It's a character trait of who she is. It's a character trait of strength and honor and joy. Think about those three words. When you think of women who love God, do you not see strength, honor, and joy in their life? Strength, meaning that it's one of strong character. No one has to doubt their standards. No one has to doubt their consistency of living a life for God day after day after day. Honor, one who is respected. One who doesn't demand respect, but yet has earned respect from everyone they know. They are an honorable person. They honor the Lord and people honor her or them. Joy. Not one who can never crack a smile or uh, has a frown on their face all the time or gloom and doom. No, one that is joyful. One that has pleasure in who they are and what God has done in their life. It, It is a concern with the inner, not the outer. A godly woman wears strength as her clothing, honor as her clothing. She has joy in her home. First Peter writes about this as well. First Peter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather let it be hidden, rather it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10 says, In like manner, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women, professing godliness with good works. And if we're reading this in New Testament glasses again, if you still got those, that's what I need is a pair of reading glasses, by the way. Two things I used to always get aggravated with my dad about. One, every time we went to work on something, he'd say, go get me a light. And I was like, what do you need a light for? I can see just fine. I go to work on Tucker's truck. That ain't what do you think I said. Go get me a light. I can't see. Got to have light to see. And the other was he was always, you know, taking something, holding it way out here like this. What does that say? What does that say right there? But if we had... Just New Testament glasses when we read the Old Testament. Let me bring this up to New Testament language. Not only a woman who loves Jesus, but one who is filled with the Holy Spirit, yielding the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. 
What are the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5, and 23. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Listen, if we spent all our time concentrating on the inner instead of all the time on the outer, I think we would impact this world much greater than what we are today. Our culture puts so much value on the outside. One of my favorite things to do is go to the mall. You guys know that, right? I don't go to the mall to shop. I go to the mall for the cookie company. That's why I go there. But Aaron shops, and I sit there, and I have people watch and eat cookies. <laughs> so as I do that, watching thousands and thousands of people, and you see all these stores, and everyone's saying the same thing. You're not beautiful. You're not pretty. You need, to, you need this. You need that. You need the beauty of this world. You need clothing. You need an outward look. You need a persona. You need something to see you on the outside. But God says, no, exactly opposite. Don't be so focused on the outer that you forget the inner. It's strength. It's honor. It's joy. It's loving Jesus. It's having the Holy Spirit filled with you. That's what you should concentrate on. That's what makes a godly woman. Strength and honor are your clothing and joy in your homes and lives. And I can just think about the godly women in my life. The strength that they had. Man, some of the women in my life have been like a rock. They've been so strong. So, uh, you know, other people may fail and other people may be up and down. But you go to, uh, you go to women who are of, of great character and they're like a rock. They give you good godly advice, right? That's what we're going to talk about later. But they have some joy in their life. They have a love in their heart for you and for other people that cannot be passed just by the outer, but by the inner, the inside. Strength and honor and joy is in their heart. The second thing is a woman who loves Jesus speaks with wisdom and kindness. Verse 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Wisdom is knowing right from wrong. It's more than just information. Like, you can get information from Google, right? You can get information from all these other places. Wisdom is to know what to do with that information. Wisdom is knowing that you've made some mistakes, but you know what's right now. And you can tell people, hey, I've been there before. I've done this before. Let me give you some wisdom from where I've been. I've been in your shoes. I've been through what you've been through. Let me share some wisdom with you. On her tongue is the law of kindness, a gentle, kind, and a sweet spirit. Man, when you go to a woman like that, you know it's straight from God. You get some godly wisdom in a sweet and kind way. Not always what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Not in a condemning way, but in a kind way and a loving way. To say, hey, this is what you need to do, or this is what I would do. And the, and the wisdom that comes from the lips of godly women are so valuable. And, and here, just like the writer says, it's filled with wisdom. And it's filled with kindness to bring help and wisdom and the kind that you need right at the most uh, important time. There's an old saying that says, mothers know best, right? Mothers know best. Let me include something here as you think about this, especially in our culture today, even in our church culture. The older ladies, please take time with the younger ladies. Listen, the younger ladies need older ladies to invest in their life. I get it. I know you've done your time, right? You're like, man, I've done it. 
I've been there. I've got the t-shirt. And I went back again just to make sure I saw the same thing I saw the first time, right? But you put your work in. But listen, you got some wisdom you can offer these younger women and young mothers. You got some wisdom for their marriages and their homes and their careers. Listen, you've made some mistakes and you've gone through great things and God's taught you a lot of things. And don't waste that. Use that to impact younger women and younger ladies as well. Be willing to accept it from older ladies. I know sometimes it might seem pushy. Sometimes it might seem what you don't want to hear. But let me tell you, you're going to end up in a sad life if you only put people in your life that tell you what you want to hear. You need people in your life that give you wisdom, that will give you direction, and we need to accept that. You guys ever watched the movie Fireproof? Fireproof, you know, the husband and wife, they're going through some issues. And the lady, she, she couldn't get any godly wisdom from anybody except one older lady would come at her workplace at a cafeteria and sit down there and begin to talk to her. And as she would talk to her, that lady would give her some godly wisdom. And as her heart began to grow cold towards her marriage, the woman was warning her and warning her. And the younger woman decided she wasn't going to listen to her anymore. She decided to stop going to lunch at that place and start going other places. And she stopped letting her challenge her. And you know what happens in the movie is goes through those things. Listen, we need to cherish the wisdom we can get from our ladies and our mothers. Listen, I know for me, if I ever need help, I go to my dad. But if I need wisdom, I go to my mom. <laughs> my mom can give some great wisdom. And you guys know it. Women have it's a special gift and ability. When you're connected with God, they give great wisdom and kindness and love that no one else can give you. And a godly woman gives wisdom and kindness. Thirdly, a woman who loves Jesus is a devoted worker. Look at verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat of the bread of idleness. She cares for her household. She's a hard worker. I made the mistake when I first got married, first couple years, Aaron stayed home with our kids for 10 or 12 years or so. I would come home from work thinking I put a hard day's work in and get home and say, what did you do today? <laughs> That's not the correct question to ask. I'll just give you some of my wisdom. Don't ask that question, especially if you've got little kids in the house. Because you'll find out real quickly <laughs> that she's been through World War III there at home. And, and let me tell you, when it says watches over the way of her household, when Aaron would leave just for a few moments... And even now, even still with Courtney, did she do this? Did she do that? Did she do this? Did she do that? I don't know. Did she brush her teeth? I don't know. She put on deodorant? I don't know. This happened this weekend. So that's great. She's going to go to school with bad breath, smell like onions. I'm like, well, <laughs> I did my best. I don't know what they do, right? Did they pick this up? Did they put that down? Did they do this? And the hard worker from daylight till dark. Working, ironing, making dinner, doing all that stuff. And just like it says back in verse 15, it says she rises while it's yet night. How many times have they been up with sick children? Women don't rest when, they're, when their children are sick. They're up with them, taking care of them, constantly seeking the needs of them, always looking after them. Do they think they need this? Do they need that? And not only that, but they willingly do it. That's what it says, willingly working with their hands, diligently. The word means that it's a pleasure to them or a desire that God has put in their heart. And what a, what a, what a gift. 
Man, what a gift it is for a woman who loves God, who performs her duty every day for her family and does it with a pleasure and a desire. This woman's motivated. You don't have to. She doesn't do it out of out of just out of uh, pure uh, uh, content, but she does it out of her heart, out of desire. You don't have to pump her or prime her or get it done. She does it willingly. She loves God. The family's entrusted to her, and she looks after the kids and the family and the home and the household, and she does it time and time again, and the job never stops. I think of a little story one time of a boy, two little boys, was about four or five years old. They went to school, and from the little school store, they bought a house plant for Mother's Day. And on that little card, uh, they put it on there with their own money. They put on the bouquet, R-I-P. And the mom got it. She says, what in the world? I love the flowers. But do you know what R-I-P stands for? And they said, yeah, you always tell us you want a little peace so you can rest. (laughs) So we want you to rest in peace. (laughs) You think about it, though. uh, Women, they don't get a break much. Mothers don't get a break much. Even when Aaron would leave and leave me with the kids. She'd call them, make sure I was doing the right thing. And caring over them and making sure they're fine. It's just built in them. What a gift. What a gift God has given us in mothers to be able to do that. What a gift. Every day, dishes never ending. Clothes never, uh, always dirty. Kids, schoolwork. Food to prepare. Housework to be done. Clothes to iron over and over and over. And it just seems like a never ending job. Thanks to our moms, right? Thanks to the moms. Man, they do it diligently. They do it willingly. They do it every day. And we should give them honor and praise for it. They're not lazy. They do it from daylight till dark. And they get up the next morning and do it again. Proverbs 31, 30. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I'll wrap this up this morning. Back up in verse 10, Solomon's mom asked a question. For who can find a virtuous woman? Then she states, her worth is far above rubies. You know what she says there? Women, a virtuous woman from God is worth more than anything this world could offer you. And let me tell you, if you've got a godly woman, if you've got a godly wife, if you've got a godly mom and a godly grandmother... That's more than you could ever ask for on this earth. That's more than a mom could ever provide physically, financially, or any things of this world. If you've got a mom that loves you the way God loves you, and he, she is a virtuous woman, and she takes care of we are to praise, we are to praise them, honor them, and cherish them. And I hope this morning as we even just consider that, the gift that we have from God for them. You might be here this morning and say, well, I would like to be a virtuous woman. Let me tell you where it starts. Surrendering to God. Listen, you might have a plan for your life. And you might try really, really hard. And you might try things of the world or something you might have learned from your own home. But let me tell you, when you take control of your own life, you're going to make a mess. Parenting's hard. Being a mother's hard. Being a wife is hard. Especially if you're married to me. You can ask Aaron. (laughs) 21 years. It's tough, all right? It's hard. And let me tell you, if you don't have God, most of the time you don't have a chance. 
And, and when you come to your life, you need to surrender it to God and say, Lord, I don't want my will. I don't want my way. I want your will. I want your way. I want what Christ wants for my life. I want to be that godly woman. I want to be that virtuous woman. I want to be the one that has wisdom and strength and honor in my life. It begins when you surrender your life to his control. Say, God, make me into one of those things that only you can do in my life. And he'll do it. I've seen just in this church, our church is over 10 years old now, where he's taken newly married young wives and turned them into godly mothers that has become godly women to be praised. It's amazing. God's gospel and the power of his word works. And it doesn't matter where you are in life, you begin with surrendering it to God. And if you need to do that this morning, I hope you do. Or maybe you're here this morning, you had a godly mother. Let me tell you, every year I say this, next year someone in this church will not have their mother any longer here on this earth. Let me tell you, you better cherish the moments, and I better cherish the moments. It's a stark reminder for us to, to remember, to honor our mothers when we can. Make sure we take the opportunity to tell them we love them, we care for them before it's too late. And maybe you have a godly mother, like I said, still alive, a part of your life, or a, grand, a grandmother. Call and let them know. Tell them you love them. Tell them you, you cherish them. Tell them thank you for all that they've done for you. And tell them you appreciate them. And, and make sure you say it and honor them and give them the honor that God says they, they deserve. A godly woman is to be praised. Let's pray together this morning.